Sunday morning, Salt Lake City, Provo, Oil, and Colville. You're listening to AM 1280 and 97.5 FM The Zone. This is SLC Culture, a weekly meandering through the arts, culture, and social issues and happenings surrounding the greater Salt Lake Metroplex. I'm your host, Christian Anderson, just currently an arts aficionado and just cultural bon vivant about town. Uh, wear different hats, but that's what I am today. With me is my co-host, the inimitable Christy Marcy, a movie critic, music critic, and I cultural mean, maven. Just critical in Yeah, general. you're generally critical. Just, just critical. Well, you will notice that I added in the movie thing this week. Yes. That is what we call a segue. Whoa. Well, because this is the Sunday before Sundance, uh, Sundance bleeds right into Oscar season. And so for you cinephiles out there, buckle up because uh, we've got Austin and Adrian here from the Movie Zone. So you're going to be getting a chunk of time with us. So you're getting, Then you should stay tuned uh, to listen to what they have to say. We're going to be on their show. It's going to be uh, chock-a-block full. It's, it's going to be practically like a Titanic's worth. They're very special episodes. Yeah, very yeah, long. Very a double feature? Episodes. Is this our first ever double feature? Kind of. Didn't the Titanic sink? I'm just uh, gonna put that out there. Huh? Well, you know, I feel like I we're like, finished the movie. I feel <laughs> like we're kind of like a small Titanic. Like we don't displace a small lot of titan. weight. More so like I, a less, less to. Less, what, what is our ship Lusitania. Lusitania. Well, that was all, the World War One. Yeah. Uh, the Germans, or what was what was the uh, what was the boat that they just found drifting with no, the Marie Celeste? Do you remember? This was the story about the boat that they just found just, just adrift yeah. and all the people were gone and they could never figure out what happened. It's, depending, you know, we are three listeners who Hi, listen. Mom. I once asked... Your mom listens to your show? She doesn't. She lives in Kentucky. She doesn't even have high-speed internet. It's just my running joke. Does um, Kentucky have high-speed internet? Some places, okay. not where my mom lives. Yeah. I once asked... Uh, I once asked Jake what our ratings were and he's like, yeah, we don't really do ratings for our free show with no commercials but it's like a couple uh-huh. thousand i'm like is that good or bad well, i don't know but you know we always serve it up for you guys because we want our uh, friends at the movie zone and at the larry h miller megaplex and independent cinema to do well uh gentlemen how is 2020 treating uh treating you how are things at the movie zone i mean they're good we're heading into our fifth fourth or fifth year yeah. we don't remember don't, we don't remember and uh it's oh. been it's good to be on this show with you guys. Love talking film. That's kind of our thing, too. And so it's, it's fun. I love everyone's takes on movies. I've been in 100 arguments about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood all month long. So, oh. like, it's all about, you know, we love talking movies and we, that, we, we kind of, our show is everybody gets their. That was one of the nine films, right? Nominated for Best yes. Picture. Mm-hmm. I only learned that this year that due to the Academy's rules for the Oscars, there can be anywhere from five to 10, depending. Uh-oh. Like, there is no. Mm-hmm. You know, a minimum and maximum. So this year, nine. I, I'm slightly disconcerted by having an odd number like that. Like, I feel like that isn't a cohesive number for you an award show. have to do an show. odd number. Otherwise, everybody could get the same exact amount of votes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> ah, thinking this through here. Yeah. And, and who is the new tallying people responsible for adding up the votes? For years, it was Price, Waterhouse, Cooper. Yeah, and and then they had that mess up. Jesus Christ. Latter-day Saints. <laughs> so. No. 
Oh, no, it's not. Hmm. Am I in trouble now? I don't know. Well, no, you use the full name, so you're fine. Okay, okay. I mean, the style guide for broadcasting look, says that you're I'm, good. I'm a member of that <laughs> faith, so I can make fun of it. You guys can't. I would never. <laughs> that's why we... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, that's why we have Millennial Alex, who's a member. And yeah, when, we ha- when, when we used to have uh, Stephen Labram on the show, he was a former member. And uh, I learned a lot from him Like when we would do our holiday entertaining show that... People would make wassail with tang. I'm like, what? That's a thing? Apparently. I've never heard of that. Yeah. It looks like having a cultural escort through the parts of Salt Lake <laughs> I'd never experienced. I, yeah. I didn't know what postum was, and apparently they make, you know, holiday yeah. holiday beverages with something called postum, which is fake coffee. And you know, you know. Yeah. What's postum like? I'll send a couple people to your door. They come every week. They come every week. Do you get? Do you get a? Do you get bonus points? Like, do you get something? Like, yeah, that you can cash in. I better. At the end, he should be cashing that stuff in, right? That's what it works. There's a payoff. Like Mm. we think we might. They haven't said yes or no yet. I'm hoping. So. You know, one so inter- for film, <laughs> this is an interesting uh, segue. So I moved to Utah on Valentine's Day of 2014 uh, to run the Utah Museum of Contemporary Art. We were doing an exhibition. Romantic. Yeah, well, it gets even better. We were doing an exhibition of Trent Harris. Uh, do you know Trent Harris? Yeah. Yeah. So local filmmaker. He did uh, Beaver trilogies. He did Reuben and Ed. Um, Welcome to the Rubber Room was his local sort of independent filmmaker, and they were doing a retrospective of his work. And he comes in. He's like, "You're the new guy." Let's go get some beers at Juniors, which is was great. And, and I met fine welcome to Salt Lake City. I met Ken Sanders from mm-hmm. Ken Sanders Books. And then I also met Richard Dutcher, who is the founder of Mormon Cinema. Yeah. So Richard was there. And so I got to know I'm Richard a big quite fan well. Of Richard, yeah. yeah, he has lost some weight. He's looking thin. Mm-hmm. He is he's uh svelte. He's he's right. trimmed down. He's moved down to Florida and Working on Richard. It's, yeah. He's great. Good. He's having a good life. But I didn't even realize that the, like this whole concept of like of LDS um, you know, cinema was its own thing in these dramas. And I learned a lot in my first day of Valentine's Day 2014. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a lot to take in all at once. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it's Sunday. I thought we'd throw it out. <laughs> that's what I do. I muck rake. I so, break mucks. <laughs> so we always ask our guests, like, how did you get into the thing that it is that you do? And so, you, I mean, your paying day jobs is, is mostly sports, but somehow you've managed to land this cinephile show. Like, how, when did you guys become cinephiles? Like, how how has this uh, evolved? Well, I think, for, at least for the show, I mean, I, I've always loved movies. I'm a big, I love watching television and movies. Mm-hmm. I live by myself with my dog, so I pretty much, that's just what I do. Hmm. And so, But as far as the show came, honestly, it was like a Thursday at 1, and they were like, hey, we're starting this movie show. Do you guys want to do it? Because of some stuff that had moved around. And we said, yeah. And they said, all right, you're on tonight. <laughs> and you know we just kind of for the our show in particular we just kind of built it up and it's gone for a long time people seem to like it but um it's just you know it's a movie it, we just talk about movies and we tell people what's in the theaters and what we've seen and what we like and we have a poll question but it was kind of like a hey good luck you're on the air in an hour and uh we got it to and, work and, awesome. and you guys have been the buddy cop sort of duo ever since yeah, yeah. That's a good, uh, no. yeah you know the, the the sort of more policey looking one with the mustache oh. and the ball head and sort of the young punk the young punk work, yeah you know? with the, the the beanie and the long hair yeah it's, you guys it's more like in the lego movie Mm-hmm. Liam Neeson plays the cop Lego, and mm-hmm. he's a good cop and a bad cop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the movie zone. Adrian's the good cop. I'm the bad cop. That's how. That's oh, you've got the mustache for it. So the mustache, uh, I'm sick and tired of the mustache. I really am. Well, you're it's on, only been a week. Well, you're on radio, so yeah, go yeah. nuts. Well, that's the problem. I'm on radio 
with a bunch of guys who just needle each other all day. We just give each other the business all day long and, and tease and mock and make fun of. And, and your mustache has become a target. It has. And it hurts it your feelings. I'm, I'm playing Nathan Detroit in Guys and Dolls hmm. in February, mm. and I had to grow a mustache for it. Hmm. And then my mother-in-law decided it's time for family pictures. Oh, mm. no. And so family pictures forever will be me with a mustache. Well, you know, we know some people in the design business. If you want to yeah. have that, if you want to have that thing <laughs> photoshopped out, can you put my regular beard back on my face? Well, my question is, whose upper lip do you want? Liam Neeson's upper lip? Like, <laughs> yes, pick a celebrity. Oh, do you uh, want Idris Elba's upper lip? Because we can. We... I don't want Joaquin Phoenix. Mm. He's got that uh, yeah. that little uh, scar that he's got going on there. Or maybe I would. Want that gives him character, though. That gives him Sam Elliott's mustache. Oh. oh, and his voice. Can you do that? Can you hmm. give me Sam Elliott's voice? If I had control over voices, do you think I would have this one? <laughs> no. Okay. Oh, oh, it's so funny you say that because I was just telling someone the other day that I love your voice. Oh, thank you. I love listening to you. It's very, you have a calming voice. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I need to I need to. I, I, to, I, to I had a friend that. once who, who always said he wanted to design a GPS program with my voice that only told you after you missed your turn. <laughs> You really awesome. blew it this time. Well, that's, yeah. That is really how the movie zone came to be. They said, <laughs> we got to do this. Are you free tonight? You're, we pick you. And so we did it. Speaking of voices, you know how when you, because I'm an active listener to the movie zone, and you dial in and that person's like, now playing at da da da. I think you should have like celebrity guest voices for different weeks coming in and doing that. Do you want to do one? Because honestly, we need it all the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think Christy should do I'll one. Do it. I should do one. You know, I mean, Lloyd's got a great baritone. Do you guys have impressions that you do? This is all I got. Okay. So if, if I'm drunk or angry, I can do a southern accent too, since I'm from Kentucky. But other than that, this is all I got. Kind of yeah. like uh, drunk history, but kind of we'll like drunk that. movies on film. Yeah, there you <laughs> like go. Perfect. Do you do an impression, Christian? Sure. I, I don't. Uh, I can do Sean Connery. If you Let's did. hear it. Let's see. So we're doing a movie on. Uh, so you've called into the movie zone. Now playing at the Larry H. Miller Megaplex is going to be the Highlander, where I play an Egyptian, even though I'm the person with the Scottish accents in this film, called the Highlander. I love it. This is a, this has that's possibilities. Good. There you go. Yeah, I don't know. That's that. Uh, without warming up, you know, that's that's the best I can. Uh, I can do. I, I, okay. I want to I want to talk to Austin and I, w- I want to ask them about your process. So, do you guys go see movies together or do you do it separately? We used to go together. Um, yeah. And then. Then you had a kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The kids ruin it. Oh yeah. But. Uh, do you go to screeners or do you get screeners? I'm so okay. Glad you've asked yeah. Because for the first year and a half, would you say of the movie zone, we didn't. Uh huh. And so we would just have to go and we would talk about the movies after they had come out and that's yeah but then our very good friends at the megaplex larry tassoni cal gunderson they're the film buyers they buy all the films Mm -hmm. they listened and our friend aaron uh uh uh, aaron evans of love communications Mm -hmm. he actually started the ball rolling he was just listening to our show one day and what his job is is to do promotional screeners for disney and he emailed and said, hey, I was listening to the show. You want to be on the screeners list? And then uh, Megaplex jumped in, and they helped us. And so we do – we are very spoiled in the fact that I have not <coughs> paid to see a movie in almost four years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But 
so okay so i reviewed uh concerts for a living for a really long time mm -hmm. and i always got a plus one which was industry standard which was invaluable because i always needed someone to like bounce my clever things off of or to get someone else's perspective and so if you're not seeing them together do you feel like you're still having that discourse or are you but when you go to a movie you can't really talk about it in the in the movie right so that doesn't well, so the idea of our show is we don't, we, so you're, you're a critic. Mm -hmm. That's a, there's an art to being a critic. We're just two That's guys. That's more a personality that, trait. <laughs> we're just two guys that like movies. Uh-huh. So we, honestly, we just tell each other what we thought of the movie, if it was good or not. But what do you think the difference is? I mean, I'm a person who likes music, so that's why I write about music. Why, why are you just. You probably know music but you know movies you've been doing this for four yeah. years i mean yeah, i want you to but yeah we don't we don't really get into well i mean this part you're, you guys use this filter to be honest whatever. you guys aren't that good at sports so i've heard the love of god i'm hoping <laughs> i'm really hoping that this movie thing works out for you well you know what's interesting too is we have very different um tastes in movies he likes bad movies yeah, yeah. Uh, okay um and so like see i'm the bad guy yeah, he's uh -huh. the backup. So uh -huh. and so that's kind of one of the fun parts about doing the show together is we do come out of a lot of movies feeling differently about them a lot of times, and uh, so it's it's fun in that way. I, I I enjoy seeing movies with people that aren't necessarily like I'll bring a plus one, like you said, you bring uh -huh. a plus one. I like kind of watching that person and seeing how right, they're exactly. taking the movie in, instead of like maybe Austin and I we've seen so many movies that we just sit there and watch them I'm not really a note taker well I know a lot of people do that yeah. I don't really do that but I like being with the people who are just there because I was like hey I have a ticket to Star Wars do you want to come with and they're like oh yeah I do you know and mm -hmm. then I enjoy seeing I kind of go with them a lot too so got it. Kind of mind I only ever got to go to the things that other people didn't want to go to, like That's comedians. That's not true. That's not true. That's the only thing you ever asked to do. You don't That's even true. like concerts, really. Like concerts. Why didn't people yeah. want to go to comedians? Well, no, that's not what it was. It was that, like, like when you're when you're reviewing things for you have a lot for of friends. a living. You have you have a lot of friends, and so like, the way that my calendar looked when I was doing that is like anytime I'd request tickets to something, it would say you know Steve Martin and Martin Short with Christian, or you know like my plus one was always in the calendar. And so that's when cool. when things would get announced, like people would say, oh, I really want to go see you know, whatever it is. And the only things you ever said you really wanted to go see were Steve Martin and Martin Short and uh, what was the John Cleese. And John Cleese. So that's what we went to together. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I, well concerts. Did you play the banjo? Uh, I do. I had a banjo. I did the classic mistake that, you know, I was, it was sort of this thing that I was mediocre oh, at. Classic at, banjo mistake. Classic yeah. banjo we mistake. We all know where this yeah. is going. I was mediocre at the banjo once going? upon a time, and I was dating somebody who was like, oh, I've always wanted to learn to play the guitar, so I traded my guitar, or my banjo for a guitar, gave the guitar as a Christmas present, uh, and it lasted like two more months, and then... Gift of the Magi. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, this seems like a good point to, to plug that the Steep Canyon Rangers are coming to town next month, but not with Steve Martin, and they'll be playing in the Commonwealth Room, and they're real good even without Steve Martin, and people mm -hmm. should go see them. I like their music a lot. Yeah, yeah. I do too. Well, uh, Sundance and the Oscars are coming up, so gentlemen, what are you guys excited about for uh, Sundance? I know you guys uh, often do a remote up uh, with our friends up at the studio up there. Uh, I know you guys are all about hanging with the celebs at the <laughs> coolest clubs. Uh, um, that looks like us. Yeah. You're in the Smirnoff vodka tent. 
do they even still make Smirnoff vodka? No, Grey Goose is the one do, that's up there. They do, but Grey Goose is the one that's up there. Grey Goose is the one that's up there. You guys are in the Grey Goose tent with your your Arctic fleece things. and yeah. The Canada Goose. Canada the Grey Goose, goose and the, the Canada Goose. Grey Goose and Canada. Yes, uh-huh. there you go. All the geese. the first time I've ever heard these words in my life. Geese? Canada? Grey Goose. Grey Goose. Which, so when you were a child, you played Duck Duck. Uh, goose. You played duck, duck, goose, or duck, duck, gray duck. Gray duck. Yeah. Okay, that's sorry. very specific to Minnesota. Yeah, sorry. It is my bad. Duck, duck, duck gray, gray duck. duck. Yeah. It is yeah. very, very, very specific to like the Twin Cities uh-huh. area of Minnesota. That's yeah. funny. In Kentucky, you don't play peekaboo. You play pea pie. So it's pea the same. Pie? Pea pie. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Pea pie. I forgot like that. that. I haven't. You so know I'm what? Not the most peculiar. Person. You know what's well, so no, funny you about still that? Are. <laughs> I probably haven't said the phrase duck, duck, gray duck in twenty something years because it's kind of racist. Is that I don't know, but no, I was kinda, a child. So. Kinda, yeah. No, I, as was as yeah, was no, as was I. But I mean, it's super what? weird. It's this very regional yeah. thing. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, that's, anyways, that's a good so, Back to uh, Sundance. Back to Sundance. Um, what are you for? Talk about this. Yeah. Uh, I actually I like uh, I use it as time to take in more documentaries for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't watch them as much on at home. Or if I do, it's like one of those like true crime. Like right now, I'm watching that "Don't F with Cats" show on Netflix. It's not fun. No, it's not. It's, not, <laughs> it's really it, not. It's not fun at all. But I, I saw you know my some of my best memories of Sundance. I saw this movie about crossword puzzles a few years ago. It's oh really yeah. Fun. Uh, who killed the electric car? That was a barn burner. Uh, what about uh, uh, Russian, Elon, um, Elon Musk? Is that the answer? No, this oh. is before him. Oh. So I, I like to go see for myself. I'll try to take in a couple documentaries. Cause, but last year I saw, or a couple years ago, was a Robert Redford film where they, um, he like discovered that there is an afterlife and it had uh, Jason Siegel in it, and that was interesting. But yeah. I like to just go see the movies. I don't get up to Parker City very often. It's too much of a, it's too much of a mess up there for me. Too many people. It's a bit of a scene. Yeah, I also a... like that um, people should not discount. I also like documentaries. The documentary shorts programs that they yeah. do at Sundance are, fin- are fantastic. So, and this is a good uh, this is a good segue to remind everyone that uh, Sundance isn't just a Park City phenomenon. Every film that they show in Park City, they also show down here in Salt Lake. So, if you're a local that isn't interested in fighting your way into the uh, into the Gray Goose tent in your Canada Arctic goose jacket that you can uh, go to the Salt Lake Community College, you can go to the library, you can go to the Rose Wagner, and they're showing all the same films they show up in Park City down here, the traffic, the parking. I would even argue the food is better down here, but hey. It's a lot easier to get food. Yeah, do they? Yeah. Yeah. At the Egyptian Theater up there. I learned something. Um, Yeah, so how are you going to Sundance, Austin? Sundance is interesting for me because I, I am not... I know we were joking around. I am not a celebrity guy. I don't really care that you're in a movie. I don't really care if you're a sports player. It's Unless a you're Scarlett Johansson. Unless you're Scar Joe. See, yeah. okay. it's interesting. Once you become a local celebrity with your own show, all of a sudden you're like, well, whatever. Yeah. It's old hat. The, the good thing about being on the radio is I'm not a celebrity, mm. and no one ever knows that it's me until I it's, say something, and then they're like, I recognize wait. Your voice. It's really interesting because either people suddenly like me more, or like me less when yeah. they realize who, who I am and what I do. But as far as Sundance goes, I'm with you guys. I love the documentaries. Mm-hmm. The, uh, and I also like when movies uh, go to Sundance and, and they get a, a big enough following that either they then go themselves into the big theaters 
or they're remade. So like years ago when I was in high school, I went to a Sundance showing in Ogden of a, a show called Bruders. Brothers. Brothers. It was brothers in in uh, Dutch, mm-hmm. and it was about the. It was not a fun film. It was a very heavy, dark drama about a, a brother who came back from war, while his other, while his brother was still at war, and lived with his brother's wife, and it, it turned into this whole thing. I... And it turned, and they made it into another. And they remade it with uh, Tobey Maguire. And who else? Uh, Natalie Portman Ooh. and uh, Jude, not Jude Law, uh, uh, Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal, Jake Gillen, yeah. Gyllenhaal, mm. and called it Brothers. <laughs> so it was first at Sundance in Dutch, then they made it again mm. here in America. So yeah, Sundance is fun. I was telling my daughter about that last year because there was a, like a Ted Bundy movie or something that she yeah. wanted to I, see. I hear and people I are dying like, to see it. And I was oh, like, the no. thing is, kid, that it used to be if something showed at Sundance and you didn't you didn't get in line and you didn't see it, you never saw it again. It never showed anywhere. And now with Netflix and Amazon buying everything up and it's just not that it is far more approachable than it was before, which I think is great. So speaking of Netflix and Amazon, um, we're going also into the Oscar season. And one of the things this year, I, I think people thought that Netflix and Amazon would get a little bit more love than they got. Uh, but you can, are definitely starting to see the encroachment of these streaming services and all that. I mean, how do you think... What is the, what's the future of cinema? You know, for those of us who are following the the Utah theater, you know, there was a strong campaign by people who wanted to put was it a 75 40 75 millimeter 65 millimeter projection house in to do old school you know, film, cinema, reel with to the, reel. reel to reel with that, with the big seats and all of that, that, that they were saying, you know, part of the cinema experience is a shared experience going into an auditorium where you are sitting with 200 people, the smell, like that is all part of the, the experience of this. And other people are just, you know, binge watching and sitting down by themselves because they're like, I want my own couch and I want my cat and I want my, my Newman's own popcorn because I saw Paul Newman once and now I just mm-hmm. looked into his eyes and now I just want organic right. popcorn and That's salad right. dressing. You just want to do good for people all the time. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah I think the future, I think there will always be a place for the shared experience like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I I definitely enjoy the idea that I don't always have to go to the theater before a movie leaves the theater if I want to see it. You, you, there's all kinds of technology to take in these movies now. And even some people in their homes have quality theater speakers and seating and, and I don't. So when there's a big time movie like Star Wars or or uh, 1917, mm-hmm. which is in theaters now, that these are movies that I think you have to find a way to get to the theater and take them in the way they were intended. Mm-hmm. Other movies like some comedies or things like that, streaming works for me. The future though is definitely I think on demand in your home. That's going to become even bigger and bigger and bigger. But I hope the theater never goes <coughs> away. Because, Adrian, I don't know how you feel. I think it's an important part to have that theater experience with some of these bigger movies. Yeah, and, you know, my, my fa- I always tell people my favorite movie theater experience is I was a senior in high school, and Superbad came out, and I saw it on the first weekend, and there was just this gigantic crowd, and everyone was just laughing and having such a funny time that that shared experience, like, I'll never I'll never forget that just because everyone was laughing and mm-hmm. stuff when you go to comedies and stuff like that. but Or, like, A Quiet Place... When everybody in the theater is sitting there and, like, one person moves a kernel of popcorn a half an inch and everyone's like, shut up, you know? <laughs> like, those are still fun experiences. But we talk about it on the show all the time because we have 
we talked to the Megaplex people and, you know, the juggling act of making a movie that competes with Avengers at the same time for like a theater is, I can't imagine how difficult that, like, how many houses do we give to this? And then we talk all the time about how there aren't enough original movies out of scenes that get into the mainstream theaters. So the juggling act is really hard there. You see Scorsese went straight to Netflix with The Irishman. I was just going to... Because that, for him, you know, he doesn't even consider Marvel cinema the whole hubbub about all that. Plus it was three and a half hours long. That's a long time to sit in a theater. I was like, I can't sit through this. I need to take two nights to watch this. I think it took me four. Right, yeah. Like So you may see the future... Hopefully the theater is still a thing, so maybe those epics, like if you're a big comic book guy and <coughs> Avengers Endgame was a fabulous movie, I thought, just in its mm-hmm. own right. Like seeing that in the theater, I can't imagine not going to that. I love the act of going to the theater, and yeah. I love movie popcorn. And so as long as they keep having popcorn, I'll keep finding a way to get to the theater. So what about the Film Society, which has edamame? Up See, or down? That's, no, no. Popcorn is for movies. And M&M's you smuggle in in your purse <laughs> that you mix in with like the buttery stuff they put on the popcorn. That, uh, none of that vegan hot dog stuff. I love the Broadway, but Wait, didn't you popcorn. say edamame? I did say edamame. Not M&M's. No, I'm saying Edamame. M&M's. Yeah, no, I say She'll no. Say ah, I no. say no. No to sushi, no to vegan hot dogs, no, no. to edamame. popcorn. Yes to popcorn. It's yes to popcorn. It's got trans-saturated fat in it, or right. don't bring it to right. the theater. It's or like the arena. when they say, my... you know, do you want butter on it? Well, no, but whatever that yellow stuff you put on it will be <laughs> fine. Yeah. Since you're not offering butter. Right, exactly. Don't, you're calling butter. Uh-huh. Don't just put it on top. Right, put it, mix couple, it in the middle. Some layers, yeah. please. Apply Thank yourself. You. I'm on your side. I'm such a horrible parent. Like, So when I take Soren to the movies, uh, we get you know smaller, medium popcorn. Like, do you want the butter stuff? And I'm like, light. And then he's like, what can I have to drink? I'm like, you can have water. Oh, my gosh. You're the worst. Wow. Now, we have the... Um, I get the refillable popcorn buckets and and we eat all of it i actually bought two this year because one never seems like it's quite enough and the one thing i do do when it's just me and charlie going to the movies is i do make him share a drink with me which he hates but i mean it's 80 18 dollars well it's not though with the refillable one it's like three dollars yeah you got to get the refills it's the way to go but and i know we're we are mentioning the prices and things keep getting more and more expensive but that to me is also why it becomes such a special thing is we didn't get to go to every movie growing up because we couldn't afford to go. Right. So when we would go, it was such a big deal that my parents would be like, all right, we're going to do it right. We're going to yeah. splurge a little bit here. We're going to get the, the drink. Mm-hmm. We, we got soda pop at, at the movie theater. We got to eat snacks that we don't have at home. And, but nowadays it's kind of like it's not as special because it's, you have these passes, and you go all the, time, all the time. And now, I now doing the show, it's almost work, and I'm so spoiled. Yeah, and I should just be punched. No, I, I, get I get it. People, people I are always like, "Do you still it. like art?" I'm like, "No, yeah. I don't like art <laughs> yeah. anymore." Don't even like, like sports. If I go to one more death metal would, rock concert. To yeah, review, yeah, I, I would will. go to concerts sometimes that I wouldn't review, just like as a palate cleanser. Yeah. Like, I just want to yeah. go to a concert and not have to think about it. You know, you watch something stupid and don't think about it, and then you'll feel better. In What's the your favorite venue? I so, love the stateroom. Love the stateroom. I love the stateroom. Yeah. That's a small side question. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, when I think about like movie concessions, maybe this is back to why I get my kid water. Like my my father was always like, "You can have raisinets." Uh-huh. Like that was it. He's oh, like, yeah. "You can have raisinets," and then every once in a while, I don't know when he was in a particular good mood. He's like, "All right, junior mints." 
It's either Raisinets or Junior Mints. That's funny. My dad would always take us. We were six of us in our family. If we went, we would get one drink, one large, and one large popcorn. And we would all have to share it. And then someone had to go out and get the refill every 20 or so minutes. (laughs) No one got their own stuff. We're all sharing one one bucket. And... uh, There's like six. All of our hands are like reaching over each other. So I'm trying yeah, to. I said my parents splurged. That's what I meant. Oh, we we got yeah. we got popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So were you were you going to what was the big theater in Rose in Rosedale? Was that the big was that the one that you went to when you were a kid? The Rosedale whatever it was. I'm uh, trying to. No, think. Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah, yeah. probably. Off of, off of Snelling. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, a fine theater. Yeah, Rosedale uh, Mall, a subject of a Eric Clapton song. Hmm. Really? Yes, because it's almost interesting. If I believe, if I know the story, is it was after his son had passed away, and he oh. went to the Rosedale Mall, and everyone left him alone because they knew how happy he, or how sad he was, and everyone just left is him this be. Tears in heaven. Yeah, after that, and then he wrote a song, "Go Down to Rosedale," hmm. about the Rosedale about the Mall. It's a place to be if you're clinically depressed. Yeah. Okay. Well, Minnesota. Minnesota. No, you, you know, you when you grow up in the Twin Cities, there were four the four Dales: Ridgedale, Rosedale, Brookdale, and Southdale, and that told a lot about where you where you grew up. I mean, I mean, Minnesota also gave us the greatest hockey team of all time, the Mighty Ducks. Mm-hmm. So we can't. The, of, the Dale of thing is kind of like the Jordan thing in, in Salt Lake. There's a lot of Jordans, and which one you're from tells you a lot about who you are. South Jordan, West Jordan. Is there a North Jordan? There should be. There Let's should make be. one. Is there an East Jordan? I don't think so. Just two Jordans. It's called Sandy. We Sandy. Don't, yeah, we don't have as many people here, so it's fine. Why is it called Sandy, by the way? I assume uh, it's just because it's down from the quarry. I didn't grow up here. I don't know. Come on. The, it's the color of the hair of all of the people yeah, that live I there? I thought it was Sandy? named after a lady. It was named after a lady? I don't know. That's oh, I what I always... Know. Yeah, I don't know. I just remember one time my, my girlfriend's sister in high school uh, thought we were talking about a beach. Hmm. Oh. We were talking about Sandy. Yeah, we're, well, going, we're going down to say she thought it was so a, close. we were describing a beach. So, no, so close. Yeah, a few people want to uh, to dip into the Great Salt Lake, but maybe you could go swimming in uh, Lake Utah, right? Mm-hmm. You could yeah. grow another leg. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's like in Futurama. You jump yeah. into that water, you come out a different creature. Or, or a luscious mustache. I mean, yeah. that looks like it's that looks like there's been some extra minerals in that thing. I to, look a little alien. Yep, yeah. That's what I like. Um, no, I think you look great. Thanks, Chris. You're welcome. You're listening to AM 1280 and 97.5 FM The Zone. This is SLC Culture. You know, it's funny with our show, uh, guys, which is sort of unique to this station, is that we're the one that doesn't have advertising because of the FCC stuff. So we always have to sort of just jump in. We don't have like commercial breaks. So we always just have to, I have to remember to do those FCC breaks all of the time. Oh, yeah. Because I don't get the luxury of just dropping in commercials like you guys. Yeah. I need to remember to do those too. Yeah. Yeah, we're not sponsored. Sponsored by self sponsored. Yeah. So, Sundance coming up, but also the Oscars. What do you guys think? Were there any surprises for you guys as people who keep track of the uh, cinema landscape for the Oscars this year? I mean, are you surprised that the Joker, um, you know, um, slashed its way to the top, as it were? Or what what do you guys think about the the Oscar nods this year? Uh, I think the, we were talking, I think the supporting actor category is completely loaded. You got Tom Hanks, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, Brad Pitt. Um, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins, yep. Um, so I think that uh, we said we found it interesting that Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood is supporting actor and not 
So, but that story wasn't as much about right. Mr. Rogers. Uh, the one I thought was interesting is that Brad Pitt is supporting actor yeah. and Leo is lead. I felt like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was just as much about Brad Pitt's character. And I'm I know you. the Oscars have like crazy rules about the way that works, but I think that's confusing. The uh, Oscars have crazy rules? I know. Hmm. And I was surprised. I, I don't know. Maybe there's a reason why, but uh, I was say, telling him uh, Aquafina not getting a nomination, even though she just won the Golden Globe. Yeah, the Oscars were not a very diverse Yeah, they setup. were not, especially this year so and I thought it was so interesting the number of movies that were that were nominated for best director but or best film without any of their actors actually mm. like, like Parasite apparently yeah. was a great movie even though it didn't have any actors in it like yeah. how's that how's that work exactly uh, the best the best movie I saw your was snubbed snubbed hardcore didn't, it got like a couple noms for particular roles but not the movie itself hmm. and that was Richard Jewell I thought it was incredibly, incredibly well done. I did not see it. I thought it was. I thought it was good. I think, um, like, you reach a point where, like, you're like, okay, Clint Eastwood, I get it. You're directing this movie. You know, like, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit. And that's. I think there's people that are tired of Eastwood, especially the Academy, that's nowhere near his political beliefs. That I think was at play here. I think that I'm movies political guys, beliefs though. were definitely in line with with the uh, with the academies, though. So I'm yeah, not right. sure. Yeah. I mean, he was still getting nominations even a couple years ago. I just think. Are you kidding? I just think when yeah. he talked to a chair, that, yes. that was a riveting know, model. Do you know? Him, do you yeah. remember the internet meme Eastwooding? Do you remember yes. that? My yes. ex husband invented that. Really? Yeah. If you go to like the origin of the Eastwooding, like Robert Gerke invented that. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, but anyway, I, I thought that was because it tells the true story about a guy who, and I was telling Adrian this a couple weeks ago when we reviewed it, there was a, a news magazine show that went out several years ago and asked people on the street, who's Richard Jewell? And nine, eight or nine out of the ten that they asked said, oh, he's the Olympic bomber. Right. And he wasn't. Yeah, he was never. They, they, they ruined, they buried the man, they ruined his life. Steve Bartman. Yeah. <coughs> Steve I, Bartman yeah. was similar. And so I was really grateful that this movie was made so that those that didn't that didn't know the truth now see the truth. Well, what was presented as the, there were some artistic liberties taken with there the were. reporter and things yeah, like that. Yeah, that was disappointing. But the performance of the guy that played Richard Jewell, Sam Rockwell, is always incredible. Kathy Bates, John Hamm, Olivia Wilde was terrific. I just thought it was the best movie I saw all year, and it didn't get a didn't get a nom there, so yeah. it bothered me. So, so how long do you like? What would the organization that you guys having a movie show would you belong to? Is there what's the organization for film critics, writers, and that sort of? Thing. There's a Utah Film Critics Society. Well, right, but I mean, like the Hollywood Foreign Press Association is foreign press about films. What is the, um, like, is there something that is equivalent that you guys could become voting members on? There is. Uh, it's funny enough. The the Motion Picture Association of America mm-hmm. or the Film Critics Society, or I don't remember what the name of it is. Uh, we could be part of them. We, we kind of, we really enjoy not being uh, held to journalistic standards. <laughs> well, are there journalistic standards anymore? Hey, now. Of course there are. We, lo- we like the idea that we can just be two bozos talking about movies mm-hmm. without having to have a degree in film or, or be counted on in that way. We kind of cop out on that. We did, though, however, apply recently mm-hmm. 
to be a part of the Motion Picture Association of America, and uh, we're essentially told here. Why, why don't you? Why don't you share the the story from this point on? No, you to you share did it. to say uh, you submitted my name on there without my consent. Right. Oh no! Um, Look what we've done. We're yes. in a domestic quarrel. Yes, it is. No, but they they basically told us they said you're not big enough to be a member. So uh, thanks, but no thanks. Well, so that's where the imposter syndrome I was picking up on yeah. earlier comes from. <laughs> and then I yeah, I it's, I it's be, just I like being me can't let anything go. Yeah. And so I replied and said your loss, and then with a link to our show. Oh man, it, I'm using my is, social work degree in this show more than I have in any other. I think this is amazing. No man, this is exactly why. This is exactly why when Rudy doesn't make the All Star team and we start talking about Utah, like this is exactly what this is going to be about. I got gotcha. you. I see you say coming. Utah like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember. I, I had something pithy, but that was a very funny thing. Um, <laughs> So for those of you, uh, we talked about this uh, a little bit. For those of you who are cinephiles but perhaps want to go have another shared cultural experience and maybe listen to some live music, uh, Christy, what are the do's and don'ts for this week uh, around the Greater Salt Lake Metroplex to do or don't for the music? I don't really have any don'ts this week, which I know always disappoints you. I know. Your don'ts are my favorite. I know. Do you want me to just start doing only things people should not do with that? Yeah. Um, there's a group called Black Violin playing Kingsbury Hall on Tuesday, the 21st. Um, they were kind of huge at South by Southwest a couple of years ago. They are um, literally what they sound like. They are two inner city black men who play the violins. Mm-hmm. Um, they are very good. Um, and we shouldn't go to this? No, no these should. are dudes. You definitely oh, okay. should. I don't you'll, have it. You'll, you'll know when it's I a don't, oh, yeah. It will not oh, yeah. be. Clearly, clearly, you don't <laughs> yeah. listen to our show often because yeah. you've never heard me talk about the Beach Boys. Um, okay, so <laughs> Thursday the 23rd, um, DJ, like DJs are not my thing, but RJD2 is a very famous DJ and he's playing Metro Music Hall. I assume he is in town for Sundance stuff, but I do not know for sure. Friday is exciting because it is a night of Don't You Know Who My Dad Is in town because Ned Ledoux, who is the son of Chris Ledoux, who is a country singer, is playing The Depot, and Amy Helm, who is the daughter of Levon Helm from the band, is playing um, the Intermountain Mountain. Uh, Inner Mountain Music Acoustic Society's fundraiser um, at the in Ogden at the Monarch. She's really great. Saturday, here's this little like little bit of Sundance magic, like I told you about. Uh, sometimes happens. The Chainsmokers, who recently played the Vivint Smart Home Arena, are playing Park City Live. Mm. So I assume that's probably sold out, but I don't know for sure. Um, speaking of family members, Thomas Gabriel, who is the grandson of Johnny Cash and sounds just like him, is playing Leatherheads and Draper. I saw him at Piper Down a couple of months ago and um, he sounds a lot like his granddaddy and he works real hard and he like was a cop and then he went to prison and then he got out of prison and it's like... That sounds like a song It's a country music song. Uh, And then Saturday... uh, Playing at whatever prison song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Saturday, I will be at the Whalers at the Commonwealth Room, Bob Marley's old band. Oh. Yeah. And well, that's it. That's what I got. And so. That's if, all happening? In, in one week. In little town? In one oh, those week. Are, those, in are Salt are just Lake. The, those are just the highlights. Those are just highlights. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know. You, should, uh, you should hear it when something that uh, she doesn't like comes to town. <laughs> so, the, whatever you do, don't go see the Beach Boys. Strong opinions, strongly held. Yeah. That's the, the title of my autobiography. It's on your tombstone. Uh huh. Um, well, thank you for that. Um, You're welcome. 
So, gentlemen, uh, since I know you're both avid listeners to the show, there's a segment, like I always say, that we talked a little bit about Utah being a film destination, um, that we've got the Sundance brand, that it's it's brings millions of dollars into our state economy. But I think our Department of Tourism, uh, both on a state level and local level, is really good at marketing Utah as a place that you fly into the Salt Lake City International Airport, and then you get out of Salt Lake as fast as possible. You either go skiing up in the mountains, or you go to the Mighty Five National Parks. I mean, if you're ever out of Utah, and they're advertising it, they're advertising national parks and skiing. Shenanigans to that, I say. I say that Salt Lake, in the greater Salt Lake area, is cultural vibrancy that you should just spend a couple days here taking advantage of what it is that we have in this metro area and not go up to the mountains and not go to the national parks because we got some cool stuff. So what I ask everyone on our show to do is to be like a concierge or a tour guide today for a day. Let's say you've got a cousin coming in from Minnesota or you've got a uh, an in-law from Albuquerque and so you're like <laughs> You're like, hey, you know, I'm going to walk you from, from getting up in the morning to going to bed in the evening through a day of taking advantage of what the Salt Lake metro area has. And the caveats are, you again, you cannot just send them skiing. You cannot send them to a national park. It's, it's taking advantage of the culture here. Walk me through a day of why the greater Salt Lake area is a cool place to, like, hang out for a day. Uh, should I, you guys both should do this. Yeah. You should both do this. I actually applied about a year and a half ago to be a downtown sightseeing guide. Oh, on the on the, on the jingle bus or yep. whatever the bus or, thing? Or, the open there's double. a couple companies I applied to. There's mm-hmm. the open bus. Mm-hmm. There's the one where you dress up and there's a trolley that goes mm-hmm. around. You're dressed up in old time. Because I think Salt Lake City has such an incredible <coughs> rich history uh, that people – Take uh, take advantage, take for granted, or just don't even realize. Mm-hmm. I think this is a destination place for anybody who, uh, in the state or out of the state, who is interested in history mm-hmm. or or uh, things of that nature. They need to make Salt Lake City a stop because there's so much that you. I've I've lived here my whole life. There's still hundreds of things that mm-hmm. I have not taken in myself. So, did you grow up in Salt Lake proper? I grew up in Layton. 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 I said Layton for Layton. years. Layton. Is that south Layton. or north? It's north. It's north. up by Ogden. Up by Ogden. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, but I, if I if I were telling somebody that's coming to Salt Lake where they need to go, it would be all the pioneer haunts downtown. Mm-hmm. The Brigham Young House, the, uh, the, the Beehive House, the, the Lion House. The Beehive House and Lion House. That's on the corner of South Temple and uh, Main Street, right? Yeah. State Street. South Temple State and State Street. Street. Uh, it is phenomenal and mm-hmm. they give little guided tours and it's easy it's simple it's quick and then you learn so much wheeler farm mm-hmm. would be an- another place to point them to or any of the incredible museums that are just dotting this city that people forget about yeah. wheeler farm has a great uh during the summer they have a great farmer's market so they do i attend it almost every other week because hmm. i live right next to it so i take my dog on a walk down the wheel of I could see you as a, you strike me as a farmer's market kind of guy. Yeah, a reasonable, I don't buy anything. I just look. Millennial. Yeah. A reasonable hemp bag over right, your yeah, shoulder. Yeah, yeah. $7 green juice. And you're sipping on. Exactly. I got that. Uh, for me, you know, I I really, I think the, the food scene is really upcoming in Salt Lake and it's very underrated, especially when it comes to like uh, the breweries and mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, I'm a, you know, they're all kind of walkable from each other. Mm-hmm. If not, in, maybe in the winter it's a little harder, but you can get from Fisher to Templin family the to Cheetos yeah. to mm-hmm. um, now there's one downtown just open called Bill Wilder. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, the Squatters, the Wasatch, you know, so there's there's a lot of the uh, brew scene is growing. And uh, I think, you know, I think underrated in my personal opinion. 
you know, I moved here from Seattle and I lived in Ballard and I think there were something, I don't know, 20 breweries within like two miles of my house. And when I moved to Utah, one of the things I didn't think that I would say after being here for five years is that we're actually getting a brewing and distilling district, you know, sort of down in the Granary yeah. area yeah. that is incredibly walkable. Um, you know, the city invested in the mural program. So you've got a lot of mm-hmm. public art starting to come down into these places and sort of the, uh, you know, I hate to say gentrification, but a lot of these buildings that we were sitting on when the economy collapsed and coming back up are now desirable places to put breweries, thinking about the walkability of a city that has really big blocks. I mean, that's a challenge, like the, the grid system that makes Salt Lake so easy to navigate when you know, once you figure out how it works, is it also sort of works as a two-edged sword. And it's great to see some of these development areas pulling away from our downtown core and making yeah. these little nodes that are really like culturally vibrant districts. And I love that area because it isn't like you don't have to get all the way into downtown, but you can still get around. Sure. It's right off the tracks line. Yeah. That's the, I think that's the red and green, red, and blue all go through there? They might all go through there. And There's a stop on 900 South, a.k.a. Harvey Milk Boulevard, and 200 West that you can uh, jump off and just be uh, a block away from TF and then start from there. What? And by the way, I just recently noticed that it's Harvey Milk Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Is that recent? Or have mm, I mis- two, it? two years, I think. Okay. A year and a half, two okay. years ago. Um, so, yeah, not, not... I think it was 20... I think it was late 2018. Uh, you know, we have... <clears throat> you know, we have, so Harvey Milk is 900 South. Um, you know, we have, what, Cesar Chavez, Rosa sure. Park. So there's a handful of those roads. I mean, it's easy. I think everyone here uses the vernacular of the numbering system. Um, but, you know, um, yeah, people who have contributed, uh, you know, major things to to the global society have, yeah. have a handful of streets. And that's the other thing about that I would want people that are from out of outside of Salt Lake to realize is the grid system. And how that came to be, and the the origins origins of it, and why every city should be on a grid system. Yeah, um, it's the, the only right way to do it. You know, it's funny because once you get it, like you, it makes perfect sense. When I, I was looking for a place to rent when I first moved here before I bought my house, and it was unfortunately on the corner of Thirteenth East and Thirteenth South, but I juxtaposed the numbers, so I knock. <laughs> I'm going to look at this apartment, and I knock on the door, and there's another minute, and I knock again, and this like young guy who clearly I woke up from a nap because probably a student at Westminster, the U, and he looks at it, and he's like, ah, oh, that's actually right around the corner. Yeah. And uh, when my mother moved here, trying to get her to understand, I'm like, all of these numbers are how far you are from the temple. Like right. th- yeah. that is your epicenter of things. And, and eventually like it takes a minute, but once it snaps in and you get it, you completely understand. I actually want to take your grid system and even expand it that all of the roads in Utah should be based on the Salt Lake temple. So when you go up to other cities and it's like 200 North cause it's from their church or ward house, I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I want to be like 1,572 North by like, whatever. Like we're going to have a standardized thing for the whole flipping state. Yeah. What, why did we stop in why Salt we, Lake and yeah. start again in North Salt Lake? And cause there is a road in, in Fruit Heights and Kaysville that on the East side of the road, it's 400 North and on the west side of the road, it's 200 north. Because it switches municipalities. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I think, and and <laughs> the standard you, the standard Salt Lake City block is 660 feet curb to curb. So you could know, if you knew that, you could know by multiplying by however many 660, yeah. exactly how far you are from the right. temple. Yeah. Which he, which. St. George. And- yeah. Oh, yeah. We're at 25 million. <laughs> exactly. And that's, they made the streets so wide because they were sick and tired of growing up places back east 
where they couldn't turn their wagons around. Yeah, the ox carts. So they made it so wide mm-hmm. that they could turn the, uh, the, the, the wagon around mm-hmm. without having to do a three-point turn. Yeah, that, that brilliant. Uh, at that point, um, you know, civil engineering on Brigham Young's part. So, yeah. I, so you know, I grew up, in, grew up in Minnesota, did some various academic things, was in Seattle before I came here. And I'm, I'm sure that there, I'm sure I had LDS neighbors, but you just didn't know. It wasn't really part of the dialogue like it is here and and i think that moving to utah i was 36 i think when i moved here um with sort of just an open mind about the history of the lds culture here has been great i mean i ran a museum which naturally we had to be a bit more ecumenical on things but i have learned a ton about civil engineering the history of the west and like to your point even if you're not lds i think going to the visitor center uh, temple square going to all these historical sites is great because such i mean the lds story is such a pioneer story such a manifest destiny story whether you're lds or not that to your point there's a lot there's a lot to learn if you step back and whether you're part of the culture or not and just learn about the history of the West in this place. So. Like, like, would you go to uh, Rome and not want to see Vatican if you're not Catholic? Mm-hmm. That's, that's no, you gotta, you yeah. gotta expand and, and learn. I think that that's, I'm not interested in baptizing you. I just want you to know what the history is and all that. Yeah, the visitor center, I mean, Space Jesus is great. I mean, <laughs> I have never, I have never had a visitor from out of town not like Jesus in space. The visitor center, I mean, there, it is got to be one of the most Instagram things in this be. state. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, the statues out here are fine, but that Space Jesus is. So, did I hear that they're shutting down Temple Square for renovations? It'll be four years. It's not completely being shut down, but most of it's being complete. The temple will be closed for four years. Hmm. As they they're digging down around the foundation, oh earthquake seismic, seismic. Uh, and then the visitor centers are being raised. Hmm. So the visitor centers will be gone, but the uh, the the uh, tabernacle, mm-hmm. the domed tabernacle, and the uh, meeting hall that I'm forgetting the name of right now, they will not be touched. Hmm. So. You, you know why they domed the tabernacle? I assume for acoustics, but I because uh... they didn't have microphones back in the day. And mm. they could have the person speak at one end of the thing, and everybody could hear them. Mm. They and weren't where it's at? They didn't have two turntables and a microphone? No, not quite. You know, that's. Inter- I wonder what that's going to do, honestly, to a little bit of the economy and to some of those businesses. Like, you know, we talk about the economic footprint of Sundance. Um, you know, Temple Square is the number one tourist site in the state of Utah. And I'm fairly convinced that places like JB's and the Plaza Hotel are kept alive by the by the tourism of that space. I mean, not I, what's that going to do to City Creek and all those things? Like, we forget what a huge footprint um, the church and Temple Square has to a lot of businesses in downtown Salt Lake. So I hope, knock on wood, that uh, you know those businesses uh, still do fine. But. And that's why the jazz are so important mm-hmm. to a lot of businesses. And the, the flat economy in Utah mm-hmm. depends on the jazz. And that's why when Gail Miller decided to keep the jazz here and put in the, it in, in the trust. trust yeah that was that was a game changer not just for sports sports was a tiny bit of that mm-hmm. but the entire state of utah w- was saved from uh, possibilities that now won't be a concern for a long, w- long, long, long time. I was in Seattle when they took the Sonics and moved them to Oklahoma City. I was in Minneapolis when they took the North Stars and moved them to Dallas. And that is a that's a tough thing for any community to go through. Um, I think sports, art have in common that you have some major markets. You know, Los Angeles and New York have a disproportional pull 
on those communities and they certainly do on sports as well and a lot of times we look to i know this is going to come up with the all-star balloting we look to these other cities and we say you know what does this mean what's people's perception of utah i mean i listen to dj and pk in the morning and talking about the concepts of trying to get players to come here are they going to want to be in in salt lake is it a backwater blah 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 but losing i mean even a cosmopolitan city like that is a major international, especially to Asia Hub, like Seattle. I mean, losing the Seahawks, that's a giant ding to civic pride and to how you see yourself positioned, not just in the sports world, but in the cultural world in terms of, I mean, I guess Amazon and Microsoft sort of like, oh, well, more real estate for us to build stuff. But, I mean, in general, that's the anomaly. Uh, And so I think it's great. Um, You know, there's sort of two professional franchises that I know of, and there might be another. This is more your your bailiwick. But, you know, you have the Packers, which are owned by the general public and are never going to leave Green Bay, which is a testament to a city that has a hundred thousand people and can have a major league if not you know one of the top five franchises in the nfl uh and now you've got the jazz which is sort of in this quasi public trust which is great and you had tax increment financing help with the stadium um that's one of the things that drove you know seattle and a lot of sports teams out is the the community not willing to step in and be a partner in that and the whole argument of like why are taxpayers giving billionaires and millionaires breaks and you know this community stepped up and the jazz are going to be here for a long time so yeah and and uh, a, a city like Salt Lake would not have had the Olympics Mm-mm. if the Jazz hadn't been here, I don't think, mm. uh, uh, or or vice versa, whichever. But uh, Seattle can survive mm-hmm. a, a departure of a professional sports team like the Sonics. Salt Lake is now to the point where I think we would mm-hmm. survive and still grow and, and be a burgeoning because of uh, <coughs> the, the – but I don't know if the Jazz had left – when Larry H. Miller decided to buy them, if he had not come up with that money and they had left, I don't know what Salt Lake would be today. Yeah, it, it, when I lived in Minnesota, Sid Hartman was one of the longtime sports. I think he's still at the Tribune. Uh, God, he must be really old by now. Um, but he was joking. I think, I think he just retired did last he, year. Yeah. But, but when, when the Twins were when they were facing contraction or moving, he's like, "Well, without the Twins, we'd be a cold Omaha." And I sort of think <laughs> that. Huh. Yeah, you know, I, I think that with, where we are positioned between Denver, San Francisco, Seattle, and all that, like, there's something to be said. Like, if we didn't have the Jazz and they moved away i mean what i mean what does that say for where we are as the in, as the hub of the intermountain west yeah. but we don't have to worry about that nope. now we have to attract a team whether it's if, what's so what's the next division 1 premier division thing that and so we've got soccer sorry football yeah, we've got basketball what is our next tier 1 thing that we get i would have said hockey before it went to vegas vegas mm-hmm. That's like real close. So I don't know. It's everyone wants to say it'll happen someday, but I honestly don't know if it will. Hmm. It just doesn't. Unless they really expand some leagues, I don't know. Like, I don't know. And I, I, I disagree. Yeah, I think hockey will be it. You think it'll be hockey? That, that would be the one. Probably. It may not be within the next decade. Right. But twenty, thirty years, I think you'll see. And you could put it. You can put a twenty thousand seat hockey arena. I don't want to say almost anywhere, but compared to like a gigantic NFL stadium, it's much more feasible to me. You know, I, I look at the success of the University of Utah as a real, you know, as a national power that's producing a lot of NFL players and, you know, being competitive in the Pac-12. And I look at a place like Los Angeles that's never warmed up to having a football team. And I say, you know, why not? Uh, if there's one thing that Utah is, it's really loyal and fanatic to its sports teams. I mean, I don't think you have, if you brought an NFL franchise here, I don't think you really have to worry about selling out those stadiums. I don't think you, we have an international airport that's expanding you know, in next year, it's going to open in September. I mean, I think, and if there's one thing that we still have here is a lot of flipping land, like we right. got a lot 
a real estate. Um, well, so just ask the Inland Port Authority. <laughs> Do we want to get into that? Yeah. Th- that's a, that's its own whole show. <laughs> okay. um, uh, to to see I got some them. thoughts on it. But we'll see. Yeah, a lot of people do. We'll see. Um, but, but yeah, we do have a lot of land to, to put things on. So I, I mean, I'm not. Uh, you know, I've seen crazier. I've seen crazier NFL moves than coming here. So, ah. and people that might bring up the the Sunday thing, that's not a thing. Like no. people will go to an NFL game uh, of all walks. Yeah. Uh, if there's an NFL team here, it will be well supported, well followed. Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, and and I think I mean, if I was a, I mean, I never, I never want to take a sports franchise from an existing city. I think that that's that's tough, having lived through it. Um, maybe it's expansion or however you get here. I mean, this the cost of doing business is still cheap in Utah. Land is still cheap in Utah. You get whatever franchise you get your, I don't know, Jacksonville. Pick on Jacksonville Jaguars. Sorry, Jacksonville. But you get your Jacksonville Jaguars and move them over here, and I mean, you're going to be making money. Right. That yeah. that franchise will be more valuable here. What would the name of Utah's NFL team be? Ooh. I mean, we know we kept the Jazz. We didn't change that. It would stay unless it was an expansion. I mean, you think they yeah. would just hold on to it? So it would be the Utah Jaguars? Yeah, or the Salt Lake Chargers. Ah. Yes. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. There's, there's some local high school. I just still love the Beat Diggers. Like, I mean, the Utah Beat no. Diggers. Yeah. No. The Sago, the Sago the Lilies, farmers. The, the Davis Darts. The Davis Darts. Ooh, uh, what about the Express with the history of the Pony Express? You know, oh. you have sort of a you know, Pony Express kind of thing. Yeah, sort they of. Did the Salt Lake Stallions mm-hmm. in that failed football league that was? Here. Oh yeah, well. And that was fan picked, I think. If maybe I'm remembering two different things. But. I, one of my colleagues had tickets to a game, and I just free tickets and i just couldn't go we, we were we were somehow partners with them weren't we here or was there just a lot of swag kicking around they were yeah we we help, we tried to help them for free yeah yeah I, just because it matters it matters when when things are tried like that mm-hmm. we want them to succeed absolutely especially being a sports station but absolutely anyway roller derby roller derby yeah i went to a roller derby uh, I don't even know what to call it. Not game. Competition. Tilt. Tilt. Is that know. what it is? A roller derby. Ruckus. <laughs> Ruckus. That's fun. They're a good time. It is a riot. Mm-hmm. It is a lot of fun. Yeah. But I don't know what's going on. No. I, See, I can't follow along. I, I'm a little older than you guys. So when I was a kid, my grandma lived in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and we got WGN out of Chicago. And they would have the roller derby league, and it was the red team. It was the same team. And it was men's and women's. So men took a turn, and then women took a turn. And now, as near as I can tell, all roller derby is women, right? I haven't seen a men's Pretty roller much, derby. In yeah. But it had the sort of a little bit of that like WWE meets roller skating meets, I don't know, and you... It, it meets American Gladiator. Like yeah. it was a fun. You got the Bozo Show. You got that. It was sort of like it was this two-hour amazing cultural thing, kind of like SLC Culture in the Movie Zone, which is coming up next. I know you're listening to SLC Culture and you're hearing Austin and Adrian, but just stay on. It's part of this two-hour cultural block. Uh, it's a crossover episode. The first ever. It's yeah. like Chicago MD meets Chicago right. PD. Yeah, yeah. Where's Chicago Fire? That's what. Well, that's what. Or the, oh, is it? I don't know. Chicago Fire and it's like, General Hospital, and uh, yeah, it's like when CSI goes down to CSI Miami for an episode with the New York characters. Yeah, yeah. sure. Because Miami needs the help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I always thought that that's out of your jurisdiction. Isn't that one of those things? Like, well, don't you be doing cop work outside of the things because yeah. it's out of the jurisdiction, and then you have the the starry decisis and the 
the you received the the intel illegally, so now we can't use it. It's inadmissible. You've screwed it all up, Austin. But there's some things that the cops in Miami can't do without Ice Cube. Hmm. Or not Ice Cube, Ice T. Yeah, that's my bad. Now we're in I'm law. mixing my rappers. Now yeah. you're in the Law and Order too, so you're mixing your shows. Mm. Oh yeah, that is a completely different show. <laughs> it's a it's a pina colada of They're cop all drama. Trying to bust the bad guy. Yes, yes. You ever well, seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall? I have not. No. I know. It's the unofficial movie of the movie zone. Well, you, you you guys forget I'm I'm an arts guy, like visual arts, and while I dovetail into movies, my my bread and butter is a still life of bread and butter, probably done by some sort of Renaissance painter. Uh, and Christy is, you know, she dovetails into into movies, but is is music stuff. And she had to she had to step away and go to another meeting. So alas, we won't get to hear her pithy things. But uh, I can't believe you wasted another hour uh, listening to arts and culture stuff. But I appreciate it, everyone. Stay tuned for the movie zone with Austin and Adrian coming up next, gentlemen. Thank you. Um, and I'm, you know, what? I'm going to hang around for a couple minutes too to yeah. uh, to yeah. sort of uh, transition into your show. And it's been a lot of fun. Everybody enjoy Sundance. Um, we and enjoy the Oscars. So it's probably going to be a couple weeks before we come back to film. But um, you've been listening to AM 1280, 97.5 FM, The Zone. This is SLC Culture. Stay tuned next for the movie zone.